0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Dafa Shavua. Mazel tov as we complete the third parak of Masechus Yivamas, and we begin the fourth parak. I'm going to jump right into the fourth parak, explain something relating to Halitza and Yibum with a pregnant woman, and then we'll work our way back to something at the end of the third parak, which will again come up soon, I guess in around five or six weeks, in the Fourth parak, hopefully the structure makes sense. The beginning of the fourth parak discusses a situation where either a yibum or chalitza took place, but we find out that it was actually a mistake. The reason we find out that it was a mistake is it turns out that the woman was pregnant from the original husband. If the woman's pregnant from the original husband, then there's absolutely no reason for yibum. And in a situation where they're not moving forward with the yibum, there's no need for a chalitza. And we're going to learn in the next Mishnah that in a situation like this, the Mishnah is going to tell us that Yotzi, that they, they separate, they're discharged. There's not going to be a need for a get that takes place because the birth of the child shows that ipso facto there never was an obligation for a yibum that takes place. No divorce is necessary. We know that a marriage with an erva, because that's what the situation ends up being with your brother's spouse, is null and not effective at all. Evan Ezra straight out. Kuf Samach, dalit Sif, Vav. 164.6. But not so fast, our Mishnah tells us, because our Mishnah introduces a category that is very important in other areas of halacha as well. When is it considered to be that the child is capable of living? You see, if it was a situation where someone has yibum with their sister-in-law, and it turns out that al Islam, three, four months into the pregnancy, again, they didn't realize that she was uh, pregnant, three or four months into pregnancy, she miscarries, then that's not considered to be having a child, and a yibum actually would still be necessary. Same with Chalitza, if what they weren't interested in getting uh, married. So what happens? The Mishnah says, <laughs> She's meuberis <laughs> violda. The Mishnah tells us that she gave birth. <laughs> that when we're going to say it was a mistake, is only in a situation where the child is capable of living. How do we define this? So you have to look again into the Shulchan Aruch. just to bottom line it. I gave you already Kufsa Makhdalat. Here you could find it in Kufsa Makhdalat, Sif, Bays, and Zion. And earlier in the Eben where it's spelled out, is in Eben 1564 Kuf Nun Vav Dalit. These halachas, why is it all in Eben These are halachas of Ishus. And the way it's defined is, if the mother reached a full-term pregnancy, nine months, and then has a child, then by definition the child is called a shel kayama. even if al alitzlan, the child passes away. If it's a situation where it was a shorter pregnancy, or more likely where we, we don't know, it's a suffolk, we don't know if it went to nine months, then we wait for 30 days to evaluate whether it was considered to be a shel kayama. This will come up in other areas of halacha as well, Where we need to know the status of the child, the status of the mother. Now, all of this is assuming that we didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have the knowledge. So then we have to retroactively do an evaluation to figure out whether a Yibum was necessary, whether a Chalitza was necessary. Again, there's no sin that's involved in over here. They're not doing it purposefully. But if it's a situation, which is very important, where a chalitza was not necessary, then, for example, this woman will be able to marry a Kohen. I think we mentioned earlier on that Khalitza chalitza is similar to a grusha, at least on a dura level, and therefore someone who had a chalitza will not be able to, to have a marriage. When we fill out the form, because again, today, chalitz is, is a possibility. We're not having a situation. When I meet with a couple to be Masada kedushin, this is a question that's actually on the form. Most people don't understand it. I have to explain it if necessary. But it's one of the questions the Rav's going to ask when Rabbi Willa gave a shir um, this week to our amazing group and to the other Chaburos. He spoke about how the buck stops with the masadi kedushin. So these are some of the questions the masadi kedushin has to ask. Where it's more relevant, and this is what we're going to discuss in the second part of the year, going back to Lama Dalet and Lamed He, is let's say we have a situation where a woman converts and she wants to get married the day after the conversion, right? There's a good chance, as Rabbi Willough explained in many of the cases that we deal with in Geiris, where she knew the man, had some form of a relationship with the man, do we jump into doing a wedding right after the garus, or what seems like on the surface from Chazal is we would wait ninety days, ninety two days? So this is going to get us into a very important issue that is introduced here at the end of the third parak and will come up again later on in the fourth parak the question of Havchana when it comes to Chalitza, when it comes to yibum, and I'm going to explain it in the context of Gairus. It was actually the question that I posed to Rabbi Willig at the very end of his brilliant presentation. In order to avoid a situation where we end up in this questionable status of having a yibum and then a Chalitza, and we end up finding the woman is pregnant. So the chachamim put into effect what we find on our Gemara on Daf. Uh, we saw it actually last week in Lama Daled and again in Lamed Hay, based on the Mishnah <coughs> in the fourth parak that lo that the Yivama can't perform chalitza or have Yibum until three months have passed. So this would take care of this concern. Now again, it's possible that what we explained in the beginning of the fourth parak would still be relevant, if for some reason it's after three months and then she finds out that she's pregnant. But the generals, and the same halakhas would apply, as we spelled out in the beginning of this year. But the assumption is that by three months it will become clear, maybe even visibly and definitely to the woman, that she is pregnant, and therefore there will be no need for a yibum or an irrelevant situation to chalitza. But what I want to address for the rest of the shir today is the rest of that mishnah, which again applies to us over here. Is vechain shar all other women lo yis arsu can't get engaged, lo yinasu can't get married, ashiu lahen shlos until three months have passed. And I'll try to explain how the supplies, specifically in the realm of Geiris, will give you a big, big Chiddush, which is the way that uh, many passkin, and we'll come back to this later on as well. These are very halachalamaisa issues, bizman hazeh. In a marriage situation, and it's going to be both by Erisin and suin, we're going to make sure that there's three months after a previous marriage, either because there was a death, let's say if the husband died, or if there was a divorce. Now, as you know, we've already stated out, this really shouldn't have to apply to Erison, because we know that uh, even after Aresin, the couple's not allowed to be together, especially in the days when there was a total separation. Today, it's not so relevant because the Aresin and the Suen go together, but Chazal made a low plug, no distinction, to make this as firm as possible. And the concern here is that we should know who is the husband, who, who's the father. Was it husband number one, or is it husband number two? We'll deal with the gay situation afterwards. So if someone loses their husband, they can't get remarried for at least three months. Now, it actually turns into 92 days because the day of the death, and the day of the marriage are not counted within the 90 days. That's formulated in la Now, what's our concern? Now, a lot of this, again, is going to be restated in the and expanded upon when you get to Daf uh, Mem Aleph and Daf Mem Beis. but we're going to deal with it now just to make things a lot clearer, not only when we get there, but also what's happening with our Gemara, because this assumption is assumed. The Gemara there says that there are two factors. The f- first is, you say, more of a spiritual-slash-mystical issue based on a pasug in Bereshas, that in order to achieve a certain level of uh, ruchnius, a person should know exactly where they're coming from. Generations should be able to be defined, paternity. Even though the Yahadis follows the maternity, there should be. Knowledge of who the father is, who the son is, etc. There's a lot to say about this, especially in issues of adoption as well, if it would be a situation of a Jewish adoption. But we want to have knowledge, at least in an objective state, even if a person doesn't have the particular knowledge of who the father is, who the son is. But then there's a very practical issue. We have a possibility that we'll end up that you could have siblings who end up marrying each other, even if it's from a different spouse. So, for example, if you have husband number one, that's where the baby comes from, but they think that the baby comes from husband number two, and then from a previous marriage there ends up being, let's say this is a boy, there was a girl from husband number one, you would end up having a brother and a sister, al marrying each other. So we want to be able to clearly establish the paternity. And that's what the 92 days accomplishes. So we've established that in this ha- these halachas that are referred to as hafkana. Havchana means a determination. We're trying to figure out who the father is, to verify who the father is. And we've seen that you need 90 days, actually 92 days, including the cessation of the first marriage, whether it's through a death or through a get. And then you have the new marriage, so you need 90 days in between, you get to a total of 92 days. If you see our Gemara, as well as what we're going to learn later on, we apply low plug, that at least in the realm of marriage, there does not seem to be any exceptions to the rule. If you look into the Mechaber, Eben Ezra, the Shulchan Aruch, this is a Gezeris Chachamim. It seems to be what we would call a legislation. You see this in the Rambam as well, and we'll deal with some of the sources as uh, when we get to the Gemara later on, on Daf Memalif as well as Membes. But if you look into the Shulchan Aruch, a woman who's divorced or widowed, cannot marry, or be engaged until the 92 days. It doesn't matter the age. This is what we're going to see in the Gemara Maseches, Yuvamim Membeis, Amin even to a woman who's unable to conceive. Now what happens in a situation of a Ger, of a Gioris? What's the story over here? If you look into the Shulchan Aruch, Yerdea, that's where the halachas of Geirim are. So we're jumping from Evan Ezer to Ishtoimo. This is where the couple were previously married. Each of them are converting. We have to separate them for three months. If the woman ended up being pregnant when she wasn't Jewish, before the gayerist, the baby's not going to be Jewish, would need to have a gayerist, a whole separate topic of gerkatan. If after the marriage, then obviously the baby is going to be Jewish. Now, there is an incredible, very important source on this. Rabbi Willig referred to this source in the Shear that he gave, a source from the Dago Mirvarva. The Dago Mirvarva, is the No de Yehuda, but it's the No de Yehuda's commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. Rabbi Cheskel Yehuda Landau, Ben Yehuda Landau of the 18th century, such an important commentary. We used his tshuva early on in Ein Isr Chalal Isr. So the Daggal says hafrasha. I want to try to give a hezbir what's happening over here an explanation. In a regular marriage situation, in the cases that we've seen up until now, not categorized as a gayer situation, the halacha was legislated with no exceptions. Here, what Hafchana seems to be is not necessarily a legislation according to the Dugal Mervava, but a clarification. And if we could clarify that it's impossible that this couple was able to conceive then there's no need to wait for three months. Reb Moshe discusses this in a tshuva, a very important tshuva, Eben Ezer, second chilek, in the fifth simon. He's talking about a situation where a woman is a giyarist, again, together with her husband in this case, and we know that she was a nida before the gairis. she's a nida. then it's impossible that she conceived. Now, with Ramosha, while she's a nida? The Tosvos, incredibly, the the Ramosha in this uh, tshuva goes through science. He says the Gemara didn't present the situation because the Gemara had a different science. But in our science today, the way Ramosha presents it is that nature has changed. It's a whole separate discussion of how we relate to science. And he's relating to a Rav in Milwaukee. These are very practical questions. If we know that she's Anita, then this couple does not have to wait three months. Now, again, this is only in the realm of gayrus. It's true that there's ishos, of marriage taking place, but this is considered to be a gerus situation. Remember in our Gemara, we had a shavuya situation, but we're focusing on the gerus. Shavuya and gerus may be somewhat connected, but let's assume it's the gerus situation. And again, this is going, even according to the opinion in our Gemara, which is the way we have in is we're not going to rely on the fact that the woman put a moch, right, Use some form of contraception. These are situations where we could be mevarer, we could clarify the situation, and therefore hafkana is not required. Now, both in the Shulchan Arach, in the Dagon in Reb Moshe, it's discussing a situation where it was huve ishta. So you know exactly who the man was the first man, the first husband. Happens to be the same as the second husband because now a garris is taking place. So it's the same husband, it's just that before there was no Jewish marriage and now there is a Jewish marriage. Now what happens with a pregnancy test? This is the question I posed last night to Rabbi Willick. I obviously had some background and have discussed this and have dealt with Rabbi Willick in the past. And Rabbi Willick's the position based on this Daghel and he didn't quote from the Ramosha, but I assume the Ramosha is based on the Daghel that a pregnancy test is just as strong as a situation where a woman can no longer conceive. Rabbi Willig also, as he mentioned in the Shere, expands this to any pregnancy test in a situation of conversion. Again, not going to be in a marriage. In a regular marriage situation, it's going to be a low plug. But in the conversion situation, and Rabbi Willig's additional consideration is he doesn't think that the couple is going to separate anyway, so we're creating a mirchol. We're basically telling them that you're going to lie your way out of it. That's not the way to establish a yahadus in a marriage, the Jewish marriage. And therefore, a woman who converts, whether it's together with the previous husband, or even if she was married to someone else, or, let's say she finds a Jew within three months of her conversion, if we take a pregnancy test before the marriage, then we could do it even beforehand. In halachal we've dealt with similar situations. The reason why this is important, just beyond just halachal when a woman converts, you know, at the mikveh, after the mikvah, we remind her of a few things. We remind her that she can't marry a kohen, we may remind her that she can't get married within three months. But then the question will happen is, let's say she takes a pregnancy test. So this is very halachah l'masa. We've accomplished a lot in this year. I'm very happy to follow up. I know some of you have questions. I received some questions about this daf even before I went through the daf. So hopefully I'll respond to them before Shabbos. Have a great week of learning.